listening to the Wilkesbury Stratton Penguins podcast. The best place to break the ice with your favorite players. Wide left, passes back, Will Butcher, the defenseman in the slot. They score! Abandonado! Abandonado! His second goal tonight ties the game in three. Oh, have mercy! So get loud, get fired up, and get ready to rock with your host, Nick Hart. back ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of the wilkesbury scranton penguins podcast and guess what folks it is one of our world famous world renowned roadcasts here we're broadcasting to you from the road north of the border in fact for this roadcast we are in toronto ontario canada with myself nick hart and my guest today penguins forward peter abandonado peter Thanks so much for joining me here, taking some time out of your road trip. I know guys are always geeked to come up, A, to Canada, B, to a big bustling city like Toronto, so we appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. You excited to be back here in Canada? I know you're a, you're a Quebec guy, and the trip to Laval may have been a little bit more exciting for you, but uh, even a scoot here to Toronto, does it get the, the butterflies going, the goosebumps uh, uh, creeping up a little bit? <laughs> I wouldn't say as much as I did in Laval, right. to be honest, but uh, definitely hope, happy to be uh, home and in Canada, and just glad to get my Timmy's coffee in the morning. That's you and everybody else. There are so many red cups uh, that are going to be around the practice ring today. Everyone waking up, going to get their Tim Hortons before going to practice. This is also a pre-practice podcast, so we don't want to take up too much of Peter's time, but I'll ask you, since we are here in Toronto, one of everybody's favorite trips, do you have any uh, big plans while we're here before we, of course, get to our, our game on Wednesday, 11 a.m.? Um, no, not too many, not too many adventures. Uh, the next two days, I know. Last night, I went out for dinner, a nice dinner with some of the guys, and uh, probably do the same tonight. But other than that, just try to rest. Um, who was the crew? It was me, uh, Xavier, Wallet, Roosh. It was uh, Smitty, Ansons, and Jags. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Went out to a nice like sushi uh, restaurant. Ooh, that's what people don't think about with Toronto. They hear Canada, they think Tim Hortons, they think like poutine. The sushi in this town is no joke. They yeah. take it seriously. It's definitely, it definitely was good. Can't complain. I had a little had a short rib on the side, and I was kind of falling off the bone. So you're living the dream. Kind man. of a treat last you're night. You're living the dream. <laughs> That's awesome. So me and a couple of guys from the staff, we hit up the Raptors game. I, yeah. we, we had never been to an NBA game before. We heard that the Spurs were in town, and we're like, "Is Wembenyama playing?" Look it up, and we're like, "Let's lock it in right here." Tickets were like sixty bucks US. Yeah. Like. Just go, got seats. We were like in the upper bowl, but have you ever been in the Scotiabank Arena? Uh, no. Yeah, so like everything's still right on top of the action. So even though we were up high, we were not that we could see everything like right down the middle, center court or whatever. Wembenyama is gross. Are you an NBA guy yeah. at all? So Dude, he's a freak. Like last night, we were looking. I was like, "Oh, like what are we, what's what's going on tomorrow?" And they're like, "Oh, there's a Leafs game." Oh yeah. So we're like, "Okay, let's go. Let's go see how much tickets cost for Leafs games." So I went on my app, like the Master, looking for games. It says, "Oh, I I go to X. There's a Raptors game tonight." Yeah. But we had just sat down. It was like 6:45, and I was telling him, "Like, man, I can't believe we didn't look into this before. Like, how how did we think of this?" And we're looking. We're looking at tickets. We're like, we finished dinner. Then we finished on at like seven. 7.45, 8, or like, do we buy tickets to go watch, like, just the second, second quarter, half, yeah. you know, second quarter and on, and then 
once we got out of the restaurant, I guess the tickets don't aren't available at a certain point, and we didn't, we didn't feel like walking oh. to the Scotiabank Center looking yeah. for a scalp or anything. So we just said, all right, let's just go like go home and watch him on TV. But I saw Wimbenyama was a freak last night. It, it, he's he is an alien. Like yeah. I had heard all of the scouting reports, all of the hype leading up to the draft and everything like that, and. I'll be honest, I got too much going on with our season and NHL hockey, Pittsburgh hockey, that I'm not tuning in to the NBA regularly. Occasionally I'll see, like, oh, Wemby had a good night or whatever. But to see him in person, we were two, three minutes into the game, and I'm like, I already had my money's worth. They could tell us to go home right now, and I'm satisfied. (laughs) He is grotesque. We were calling him a cheat code. Like, just the game was different when he was on the court. Triple-double with blocks. Like, he was doing everything both sides of the court. So... That brings us now to a question I'm going to float to you. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Peter. What player that, that you remember playing with was the biggest cheat code you ever had as like a teammate? And I'll even say we can wind this back to like U16. We can go deep back into the memory mm. bank. Who's the biggest cheat code you've ever gotten to play with? It's probably going to have to be uh, Noah Dobson. Oh, okay. When did you play with Noah? Uh, uh, Memorial Cup run? Memorial Cup run. There my you la- go. My last year junior, um, he got traded to us at Christmas time. And he was probably on the ice 35 to 40 minutes a game. And he would get off and not even be tired at the end of the game. And I'm like, it's impossible. Yeah. It's not normal. Like He can be. He's, he literally floats on the ice. And I was like, that's a cheat code. Yeah. He came to us at minus 40 when he got traded to us. Mm-hmm. Like minus 40 on the season. And he finished plus 35. That's plus 75 within half a season with of half hockey, of a season. You know, that's unheard of. And that's the thing. Plus minus, it's a little bit of an outdated, archaic statistic. Yeah. It doesn't always tell the whole story. But when you have something like that, <laughs> that tells you the whole story. I always like looking at guys who are like plus 20 on a team that had like a negative 70 goal differential. Like, all right, positive things are probably happening for that guy. But you look at a turnaround like that, playing a ton of minutes on – uh, a bad team. So what was he had won with Akadi Baturs the yeah. year before, right? They were sick, but everyone sells out to try mm-hmm. and win a championship, and they did. So they're not as good. Plays all those minutes, gets scored on, comes to you guys, seventy point turnaround. I've never even heard of something yeah. like that. That's gross. Heard of? Yeah, he he was a cheat code. He was able to play thirty five minutes a game and just produce, be good defensively, be good offensively, and yeah, he was pretty good. So you're not surprised that he's an all star now at the NHL no. level. No, no, not the way he moves on the ice. No, I I remember watching him with Akadi Baturst the the year before, and it was just like this. They might have found something in this this Noah Dobson. He's yeah. an okay player, and then he wins the Mem Cup again a year later. Uh, yeah, cheat code would be a good way to describe the the way that he's played. Yeah, uh, the Penguins have unlocked a little something in you with acquiring you in a trade mid season. You've been a regular producer of offense for this club since coming over from the Chicago Wolves in that trade that was November 27th, I believe it was announced. Um, But you and I, between intermission reports, TV interviews, we've talked about the on the ice uh, domino effect of that trade before. I'm going to talk to you now about the life side of having to make a move a month, month and a half into the season and transitioning to new locker room, new teammates when you're already in a new locker room with new teammates yeah. in Chicago, kind of having to do that process all over again. What was that like? Um, it was a kind of a big move. You know, every time you get traded, you don't know what to expect mm-hmm. um, when you go from one organization to another. Especially when I started in Chicago, um, I didn't know many people anyways. So um, when I got there, I got to know the guys, got pretty close to a lot of the guys. Um, we had a good team chemistry. 
And uh, when I got traded, uh, the biggest thing was like, I need to find, a, I'm going to have to find a new apartment. I'm going to have to find yeah. a new place to live, meet the guys, get get used to the city and everything. Um, thankfully, when I got to Wilkes-Barre, uh, everybody opened like their arms to me and um, I got in. It was pretty easy, like a smooth change. Um, the guys were really good. I already had already knew some of the French guys like Pooley, uh, Hoodie, nice. and uh, X. So pretty much after that, I was just smooth sailing and a lot of awesome guys on this team. So... Um, the biggest thing was probably the, the finding a place to live. Finding a place to live. When you were in Chicago for that brief period of time, did you have to then figure out what to do with like your old lease too? Or were you in like a short-term living situation where so, it ended up not being that bad? So I was living at the time because it's only the first month of the season. I was uh-huh. living in like a residence type hotel. Ah. Um, so thankfully, I just like You say, lucked like, out there. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I just have to say, okay, I'm checking out. Like, yeah. Uh, pick out all my stuff and leave. But then when I got here, it, it was kind of like hard to find something for like five months. Yeah. Like not everybody's offering a five-month lease or a month-to-month lease. So thankfully, I found a place downtown that he was offering me a month-to-month, and uh, it worked out perfectly. I heard you had a, um, a a chaotic move. There was a couch that was particularly <laughs> problematic as you were moving in. You're laughing right now. What happened with this couch? So in other words, um, uh, POJ, Joseph, yes, of course. Um, he has a storage unit here and I told him, listen, like I don't have a couch. Like it came fully furnished, my apartment, okay. except a couch. Oh, so, wait, so they had everything except a couch. Yeah. So they had like a really like sketchy couch. Uh, couch and I'm, that's like, been you know, from tenant to tenant to yeah, tenant over who knows how long. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, I understood. Uh, Paj was like, listen, like I have a couch for you in my storage unit if you want to go pick it up. And I said, yeah, that would be awesome. Like, thank you. So I asked Henry and Brian if they could like our help, uh, equipment staff. Yeah, if they could help me with their truck and um, bring it down to the storage unit and help me move my couch. So I, I we brought in two couches with a smaller piece and a bigger piece. It would look like an L shape, and the bigger piece wasn't able to go into the elevator. Okay. And uh, or okay, let's see if they have like a a company like what's those big elevators called? Like uh, a freight elevator. Like a freight yeah. elevator, literally. So we asked, okay, we use a freight elevator and. When we got to the freight elevator, it didn't even fit in there. So we're like, "Wait, so it was even too big for the big elevator?" Yeah, it was. It was a huge couch. And then Brian's like, "Let's measure this and see, like, how long is this couch going to be in your apartment?" Yeah, is it actually going to fit in your place? Yeah. <laughs> so we measure the we measure the whole couch. We get to the upstairs. If if I we if we would have got it in there, it would have took up my whole living room with no walking space on the left or the right. Okay. So thankfully it didn't fit. Uh, we put the uh, couch back on the elevator. He had a third piece part of that couch. Okay. So it was like a three piece. And we just brought that ele- that, that piece of the couch back to the storage unit, picked up the other couch that was left in the storage unit. Oh. And I thought both couches were the same size. I was like, okay, I'll take this one instead of that one. Yeah. But then when realizing the other one was smaller, we brought that back on the, on the truck, brought it, and thankfully it fit in the regular elevator. But other than that, it was like a solid two, three hours. And then the property manager was like you guys want to take this the flight of stairs and we look at each other and i go i live on the 13th floor 13th floor, floor. so that's 26 like <laughs> flights of stairs and we go probably can get it up there but we got to bring it back down so it's not worth it let's put it back on the truck back on the truck yeah so so, so you ended up with what two-thirds of a couch yeah two-thirds of the couch two-thirds of the couch and the big piece you said there's no way we're taking it up 26 flights of stairs, no. down 26 <laughs> flights of stairs whenever the season ends. Nah, nah. Not no, happening. No. We're like, no, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not worth the struggle. <laughs> Just get the other couch. Henry uh, basically told me, he was like, that is the most I was sweating in a long time. Because between just trying to 
the stress of the situation trying to figure out how are we going to pull this off, how are we going to do this, going back and forth, and then physically moving the couch. He was just like – you said it was a two-, three-hour ordeal. He was like, I thought it was like eight, nine hours. <laughs> he was like, I felt bad that we couldn't figure it out. But yeah. you, you got there eventually. Yeah, finally we got on a good couch, and it's perfect, you know. Perfect size. <laughs> perfect size. Can't complain. Fits like a glove. Yeah. Nice and snug now after all of that. Um, so these are the things that people don't consider, I think. I think whenever a guy gets traded midseason, I mean, it is the, the trade deadline coming up, so all of this talk is going to crop up again at pretty much every level of hockey. But they're thinking like, okay, how does this guy fit into our third line? How does he bolster our penalty kill? How does he make us tougher in the corners or something? Yeah. They're like – Nobody ever thinks about this guy's going to have to move, find an apartment, get a couch up 26 flights of stairs. He might have kids. He might have, you know, girlfriend. Like the anything that goes into that, it is truly a headache. It is a nightmare. But if you end up in the right spot, it tends to make everything a little bit okay and less stressful. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like um, when you get tra- if you get traded to a bigger city, let's say you get traded to Toronto, mm-hmm. probably the living situation is probably easier because they have so many options. So many options. Um, when you get traded to Wilkes, um, you want to stay closer to like the downtown area, close to the rink. You don't want to really go on the outskirts of Scranton or yeah. elsewhere. Well, you're unfamiliar with the area yeah. too. You don't know where the good pockets are, where the less desirable yeah. pockets are. And like you said, how many people are trying to do a five-month or month-to-month yeah. lease? you got to like, find the perfect match. Exactly. And like when me and Hetty both got traded here mm-hmm. – um, they said, okay, we'll meet at Cole Street. And me and Hattie look like, where's Cole Street? Well, okay, what like, is that? There's no address. <laughs> it just says Cole Street. I was like, yeah. so we're just we're driving up and down Cole Street. And we saw first that fitness center on the left-hand side. Yes, before go, yeah. yeah. So we're like, maybe it's in there. So we pull into there and we walk in. I'm like, okay, there's no arena on here. Let's get back out. <laughs> like seven, th- 8 o'clock in the morning, I call X. I go, X is like, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, what's the address for Cole Street? Like, I have no idea where I'm going right now. And he goes, oh, it's like 40 or 38 Cole Street. Yeah. And I was like, oh, perfect. So yeah, finally, it's like we're over the little. Yeah, crest the hill, yeah, go down. And exactly. like, oh, the one with the big penguin sign yeah. in front. We didn't get there yet. So it was like so funny because we're like, man, like they tell us just go to Cole Street. And we're like, where are we going right now? What does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we found the rink and like honestly, like everything's so close in Wilkes. And mm-hmm. I was looking for a place closer like to the practice arena and the game arena. And uh, thankfully, like when you live downtown, it's like a five minute drive to the practice arena, maybe 10 minutes to the game arena and everything's super close. Yeah. You have all the groceries you need. Like Wegmans is right next door. Like yeah. Walmart, if you need something at Walmart. Even if you just need to get something real quick, there's like 20 different convenience stores right there. Like, oh, I just got to grab this real quick. You take a two-minute walk. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I'm super happy with the location I got. And it kind of perfect, worked out perfectly. Yeah. I think everybody's really happy with uh, with you making it here. And we're glad you're comfortable. And uh, fitting in with the team, too, you mentioned that you knew – a bunch of other guys uh, before you got here, Xavier Willette from your, your time with uh, Laval. Um, but the the group that you mentioned that you went out with for dinner has a bunch of other guys sprinkled in. I feel like this group, and you know, every hockey team is, is close or whatever, but there's a really good camaraderie for back, lack of a better word. Like everybody gets along. Everybody knows how to take a joke. Everybody has the ability to throw a joke out there. Like this is a pretty fun group and it makes it easier to settle in if you're a newcomer yeah. a month or so in yeah definitely especially when, like when you get when i got here the first time like i didn't know like how to like approach everybody like mm-hmm. so everybody has a different like different th- vibe yeah, yeah exactly so i just took it slow but now that <laughs> it's three months in <laughs> i shoot jokes in left and right people shoot jokes at me like it's all it's all fun and jokey like we don't mind but that's the, the fun group of like the fun part of having such a great group like, we have great chemistry we all like to have fun together um 
you know, even you, you don't expect some older guys like Feds. Feds loves to have fun as well. You oh know? yeah. So you don't know you don't know what to expect from anyone, but at the beginning, but once you get to know everyone, it's a super fun group. And at the end of the day, that's what it takes to win, right? Like, um, but two years that I won in junior, we had a great group of guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think I I see the same thing here. Like we have a great hockey team, but at the same time, we have a great chemistry in the dressing room. And for me, um, I think that's for everybody. Uh, we know that 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 goes a long way at the end of the day. And um, it's super fun being around all the guys. And when we have team events, like we just make the best of it. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a chore to come to the rink whenever you're having a good time with the guys. It's easier to play for one another when things get tight too. Like that's a, like you said, that, that helps in the long run too. And I want to, we'll talk about the long run and some of this, these junior teams that you were talking about before in a little bit, but I want to transition here into a regular recurring segment that we do here on the podcast Peter and this involves some of your comrades in the locker room what I always do is I have the previous episodes guest leave a blind question for the next episodes guest so they do not know who they are asking it to but I always say it can be about anything in the world the world is your oyster just leave me the question and I will ask it to the next guest well the trend for our listeners that has been going on for a while continues here. We have been getting riddles episode after episode. You're nodding your head. Apparently the word has gotten out. You have now gotten a riddle to see if you can figure this out. So, Peter, are you ready for me to pop the question? Yeah, listening. All right. And listen closely because, once again, these are riddles, so they're going to try and get you. <clears throat> Peter Abandonado, there is only one word in the English dictionary that is spelled wrong. What is it? Wrong. What do you mean by that? The same word, W-R-O-N-G. The only word that is spelled wrong in the dictionary is wrong, is what you're saying. Yeah. You are correct. <laughs> that is the answer to the riddle that was left for you on the... You were you were quick on that So one. in other words, I was uh, walking on the elevator and... Um, I see, No one told me about this. Okay, okay. No one told me about the riddle, but he goes... Uh, it was yes, it was Roosh. The yes, first time okay. Spoiler you. alert: it was Roosh. So uh, he goes, "Oh, you're next. You have a oh." He lets you know. He goes, "You have a question coming your way." I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "You'll see when you get there." So when you said, "Oh, there's a riddle," and I'm like, "Ooh, okay." Then I knew it was from Roosh, but he didn't tell me what question what it was. He didn't, he didn't tell you anything. what it was. He didn't give you any yeah. prep, but he, he let you know this is creeping up. This yeah. is a shadow lurking <laughs> around the corner. Yeah, exactly. were you like stressed out? Is what he was? No, yeah, I didn't know what trick he was asking. You know, Roosh could be like a. A funny, jokey guy sometimes. So yeah. I don't know what what kind of question he was going to ask, but he goes, uh, yeah, just be ready for it. I was like, okay. <laughs> just be ready for it. Keep your head up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. I'll try my best. But you, no, I've definitely heard that riddle before. You've that's, heard it before. Yeah, okay. The so first time. you were prepared. Yeah. That's, exactly. I guess that's the tricky one when you go with a riddle is that if the guy's heard it before, he's going he's gonna to snag right onto it. Yeah. I think, I wonder, we should go back. I should do the stats. What our percentage is. I think we might be like 50%. Half the guys have gotten the riddles. Half the guys have not. Okay. Roosh did not get his, and he was despondent. His reaction right away, because it was one of those ones where he's like, I know I'm going to give the wrong answer. I think it was Roosh. Maybe it was Philly. I think it was Roosh, where he's just like, oh, no. Like He was, <laughs> he was upset with himself that he didn't get it. Yeah. Not you. You were right on top no, of it. Yeah. Right on top of it. Um, so yes, that is the question. Um, at some point, Peter, I will grab a question slash riddle, whatever you want from you, but that's down the line here. That's in the future. I want to rewind back because we've already talked about these 
QMJHL champion teams, the Memorial Cup championship team that you were on with Ryan Naranda. Um, and now that you're, you know, what, 201 games into your AHL career, congrats on 200 in Lehigh Valley right after the All-Star break, by the way. Thank you. Now, now that you're, you know, definitely a pro player, right? And the, the junior scene is, is well in the rearview mirror. Still, how fondly do you reflect on those teams and those years? Because you were on a competitive team seemingly every year, two-time league champions and one-time Memorial Cup champion. Uh, just, just what can you say about the memories that were forged back then in those days? Um, uh, unbelievable memories, to yeah. be honest. Uh, I always tell everybody, I, I wish, I wish I would have my pie went the college route just to live it for a couple of months. Okay, yeah. But then I, I also tell them like I would have never gave up my college career for uh, my uh, QMJHL career yeah. for anything. Uh, four years Rain Aranda when I got there, I didn't expect much. Really small city, um, but for me, it built discipline and um, the way I prepare for the game. Okay. That I was able to like continue towards my pro career. Um, I was able to just continue the stuff I learned playing junior. There's not much to do. It's you go to hockey, you come home on repeat, you know, like mm -hmm. it doesn't really change. And um, there's no distractions there. And four unbelievable se seasons. Um, coming into the league my first year, we had a stacked lineup. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of good players. And then we make some big – we get some bigger players to trade that line. We get to bring in Timo Meyer um, and A.J. Greer that came from BU. He yep. left BU to come to us. And uh, we, win the, we win the cup after my first year. And that was an unbelievable feeling. Like – you come in your first year junior, you, some guys never win the cup in their career, and yeah. I come in my first year and I win the cup. Um, then we go to the Memorial Cup and we play the London Knights in the Memorial Cup Finals. That uh, Marner, Kachuk, Dvorak. Just, uh, once again, you want to talk about two stacked teams. Like, <laughs> you look at the rosters on both sides of that final, it's it's insane. Yeah, we had, uh, we probably had our top nine that year probably played uh, in the American League, either the next year or the year after. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we play a team like that that has a stacked lineup: Mete, Yule Levy, uh, Max Jones, Cliff Pooh, and we're, we're winning. I never forget two-one, three minutes, like two fifty on the clock, and they score mm -hmm. to tie it two-two in the third period, and we end up losing an OT. But um, that that first year was literally like a a stepping stone in my career, where like you get to learn from everybody. Um, you're, you're able to win. Um, it was a kind of a heartbreaking moment when you lose in the World Cup Finals, but. Um, for the four years that I was there, we had really competitive teams. Next year, we finished uh, second in the league, which was very competitive. Yeah. And then my last year, like we were saying, um, I led the league in scoring, and I had no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> but um, don't want to put my own tires. But um, you know, hey, it's a fact. Yeah, like I, I used to come to the rink every morning and be super happy. And like for me, my my overage years, the best year of my career, like funnest year of my career, yeah. like. Don't get me wrong. Pro is a very fun time, but yes. it's completely different. Um, you're kind of stress-free. You know, you're you're overager. Like, you're the oldest guy on the team, one of the oldest guys on the team. You're just walking to the rink, having fun. Um, you got, especially the team we had. Like, I think we lost nine games all year. We had 25 game winning streak at one point. Yeah. And um, like, we just had fun. The whole team had fun. Um, obviously, you you have fun when you win hockey games, but um, even when we would lose games or we were down in games. We wouldn't get down on each other. Yep. Like we just stay positive. Like I remember, like Memorial Cup Finals, we're down two zero going to the second, I believe, mm -hmm. or two zero going to the third. No, two, two zero second. Two I zero think. going to the second. Yeah, and we're cracking jokes in the dressing room. Like, yeah, we're stressed. We want to win this hockey game, but like, 
let's be us. You like, know? Yeah, yeah, you this know is I mean? the final. This is yeah. the ultimate game. This is what you've played all season for. All of those win streaks, all of those losses. I could all go away yeah. if we don't win, and you guys are still just cool as a cucumber yeah. in the intermission. Just cool, and we're just talking and doing our thing. And then, you know, like, like all year, we just come out in the second period, third period, and we just, you know, put put them put them on the boards and just just came back in one four two and that amazing feeling of finally picking up Memorial Cup especially you know like we won I won twice the same team doesn't happen much a yes. lot of guys get traded and move on to a different team and then mm-hmm. win a second opportunity because a lot of teams like you said stack and then sell and then yeah. you go to another team and they stack their team move you know, around yeah, all exactly. the time and when I won my when, when I won the cup my, the two other overagers were with me my first year as well oh, okay. so we were literally moved up from our fir- my first year to our last year we've been together for the whole four years and it was fun to win it with them because we had lost together the first time so it was for us it was a different feeling and um, we're the two only guys to ever win two league cups and the Memorial Cup with Rain around because they had never won before right okay so for us that's like a thing we we keep within each other like us three like we're, we're them you yeah know? <laughs> yeah we, we are the only ones yeah so that's awesome yeah definitely so like like i said like i would never give up my QMJHL career for anything i had a blast i met a lot of different people and other new people that you're able to see in the summer and um you know like, oh yeah we played you guys in the junior like you guys were amazing like you know you guys are mm-hmm. unreal and then i go see my oral teammates that we played with and like remember the times of blah we have like we'd grab a beer in the summer like we do like a golf round and say remember the times you're playing junior and uh, and like just all the memories come back and it hits you like a deja vu. And and furthermore too, you get that redemption. Yeah, you win the QMJHL President's Cup twice, but you get that overtime loss to London in your first year, and then you're scoring the game winning goal in the comeback win whenever you win the Memorial Cup uh four years, three, four years later. Um, did you have like a, a Mecole Hardman moment? Did you black out when you <laughs> scored that goal? What do you remember just about that sequence? Uh, no, I, I remember it pretty well, actually. Okay. I, I just come off the bench and Jakob Lauko just hand me out, handed me the puck uh, coming through the zone and I just cut left and I just shot low glove. I remember like it was yesterday and uh, it was an unreal moment for me because we had, I was to take the lead and my our, our fans were on the right side of that corner and okay. I remember celebrating and um, looking over at my mom and dad and my brother were there and uh, it was an unreal feeling, and uh, we just said, "All right, boys, we have 12 more minutes or 15 more minutes. Like, we gotta, close it out. We yeah. got to hold them off for 15 more yeah. minutes." And uh, finally, like we scored right after that. I think three, four minutes later, we scored the fourth goal, and um, I, we pretty much that was like pretty much the dagger in the coffin, and we were happy after that. Uh, you said it was a small town. How big is it? I don't know the 40, 45,000 population. So not big at no. all. And there were people coming out to the games, taking over a whole section. Like yeah. that's uh, something else that is very unique and special to junior hockey, depending on what market you're in. Um, you can have a very small town that is incredibly dedicated and supportive of these, the, the young men who wear that sweater, who represent their, their town, their city, uh, whatever you want to call it right there. Um, and, and that support, whenever you see the smaller market teams win a league championship or win the Memorial Cup in your case, that's the kind of stuff that I always get like, oh, like this is this yeah. is awesome. This is what it's all about. Yeah, we had a great owner um, my four years there, and uh, Jacques Blend, he really took care of the team. And um, 
you know, he, he tried his best to fill up the arena. We had a great staff also to fill up the arena. Like, okay. The years before I got there, they were saying the, st- the, the, the attendance wasn't as big. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when we started winning, when you win hockey games, more fans Obviously, come. You know, like, yeah. That's a given. But um, we started winning games and, you know, like putting a couple games, couple wins together. And, and more fans were coming and more fans were coming. And, you know, like for a hockey for for players, when you see fans in the building cheering loud, uh, it gives you an extra motivation. Especially when we played Hershey at home, like yeah. that, that game was that game was full crowd, sold out crowd, and um, it sucks that we lost by one goal. But uh, one goal that you thought you had and then got taken away. Yeah, you know, like and and then we scored that goal exactly with like five, three seconds left or five seconds left, yeah. whatever it was, and it gets called off. But it gave us players a different motivation um, while being in the building, cheering us on, uh, getting loud in the arena, you know, like seeing our fans coming to like support us, you know, like they're coming to watch their team and um, it, it gives you an extra motivation. And it was the same thing in Rain Aranda. I remember um, game, game five, my first year of the president cup finals, like we were warming up and you see like fans pulling wagons with like horns on them, like long, loud horns. And they're on wagons because they're so big. Wait, where is this? In Rain Aranda. No, but like, where are they bringing these so, wagons? Like in the concourse. But oh, the concourse okay. was in the rink. It wasn't as big arenas. So you're Understood. able to see them. Understood. So, so they're, they're walking around the concourse yeah, with these horns To and their wagons. seat yeah. with their wagons. Loud, loud horn. And um, when we were winning, it was like 10 minutes up in the third period. You couldn't even hear yourself talk on the bench. Yeah, it was just so loud. horns. Just horns. It was so loud in the arena. And like, you know, that's... Imagine being the other team. <laughs> you couldn't hear yourself think these guys are probably losing at this point. They're probably like, "Get me out of here! I can't yeah. hear myself think." So yeah, that was an unreal experience and like such amazing feeling for the players. You know, like for everybody. So uh, some th- some stuff I'm never never gonna forget. That's for sure. Yeah, nor nor should you. But that's no. that's awesome. Um, yeah, Mikkel Hordman blacked out when he yeah, scores the that. winning Super Bowl touchdown. <laughs> you get the game winning goal in the Memorial Cup. You're like, nope, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. The memories are. Vivid, uh, you said you relive him with a bunch of your teammates throughout time too. So that's that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome stuff. I interrupt this conversation with Peter Abandonado to bring you a message from one of our sponsors here on the Penguins podcast. Yeah, that's right. We're a professional operation now, folks. We've got sponsors. You proud of me, Dad? And today, I want to tell you about the Fairfield Inn and Suites, Wilkesbury, Scranton. They strive to be your home away from home whenever you're traveling and with the Fairfield guarantee they promise that you'll be satisfied or you know what let's face it sometimes in life things aren't perfect but in the event that you're not fully completely wholly satisfied with your stay they will make it right that's the Fairfield guarantee and the mantra of our Fairfield Inn and Suites, Wilkesbury Scranton, located right on Kidder Street. You can find them less than two miles away from the Penguins as they continue to forge along here in their 25th season at Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza. So if you are coming in from out of town to watch the Pens, if you have friends or family that are coming from out of town to a Penguins game, or you just know someone that needs somewhere to stay in northeast Pennsylvania, give them a call and they will hook you up. 570-208-4455. That's 570-208-4455 to get in touch with the Fairfield Inn and Suites, Wilkesbury Scranton. And now I'm going to pass things back to Peter Abandonado. Let's get back to the show. One thing I wanted to ask you, and this is this is a little bit off the beaten path, a hard transition, if you will, from 
reliving your your junior glory days. When you when you get guys from Quebec, um, you can usually tell just by their name, like that is a a French name. But uh, Abandonato is not one that I would say is like a identifiably French name. Like, what's your what's your family lineage? Like, where is so, that coming from? Um, my dad's Italian. My mom's Greek. Okay. Uh, both my grandparents were born in uh, born in Italy, born in Greece. So they moved. So both your grandparents were born there. They yeah. moved over. Okay. And they moved over in the, the 1950s, and then they. I guess my parent. My parents were both born in Montreal. Montreal, love all Montreal, and uh, yeah, I guess that's what it is. Like, uh, there's a lot of like Italian Greeks or other ethnic yeah. um, backgrounds that are from the Laval Montreal area. Okay. But not, I guess, not all. A lot of them play hockey, but. Um, yeah, for sure. Like that's that's even in Quebec. I'm like, oh, you're from Quebec. And I'm like, yeah. Like your name's Abandonado. It's kind of like you know, it's Italian. It's English. Like you right, know, yeah, you, yeah. But I was like, yeah, I guess I'm just from Quebec, born and raised in Quebec. But like, even the guys like, well, how's your English? Like you don't, how's your English pretty good? Like a lot of French guys don't speak much English. Yeah, either. sometimes struggle with and it. I was yeah. like, yeah, but back home I only speak English. Like uh-huh. I always talk French to like the French guys. Or if I go out like with some of my friends that are French. And you have to learn French because it's kind of the law in, in Montreal that you yes. have to learn French. So, but other than that, all my friends are English. At home, I always speak English. Um, it's pretty much my uh, my main language, yeah. Do you know any Italian or Greek no. too? Or you, uh, just, Greek, you just Greek, got the two. Oh, Greek? Greek, yeah. Greek, I went to Greek school growing up from uh, for all of elementary school. I was, in, I was pretty much in Greek school. Really? Yeah, I did a bit of Italian school, but it didn't stick. Didn't uh, stick? No, but uh, Greek, uh, I speak a, quite a bit of Greek. Uh, I wouldn't say perfectly fluent, but no. uh, good enough, like... To get you myself could, around in Greece and, like, I could talk – when I, if I go to Greece on my own or with my girlfriend, like, we're fine. Like, we could, like, manage. So, I would say, like, three fluent uh, languages and Italian more understanding than speaking because Italian, Spanish, right. and French are somewhat similar in okay. their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm able to, like, understand more Italian. Yeah. But when they talk super fast like they do – and I understand nothing. Like, no, no, yeah, nothing. Like if my dad's talking to my grandmother in Italian and they're speaking like super fast, and I'm like, yeah, all the best. I'm, I'm not even in the room. <laughs> yeah, like at cheers. That point. Yeah, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Have fun with that. Yeah. yeah. So, so Italian, Greek. I didn't know that there was a big um, uh, population of that in the Laval, Montreal area. So I learned something today yeah. here too. Um, we got Pittston Tomatoes Night coming up this weekend. You got any, like, family recipes that uh, you, you, you could share? <laughs> I'd have to call my nun and ask for the yeah, recipe. But yeah. uh, personally, myself, no, I don't make my own tomato sauce. It's either my mom or my grandmother. But They take care of it? They take care of it. They freeze it. And, like, here, if you ever need to use it, like, just warm it up. Whereas, you know, so I was like, yeah. When you go home, do you come back with, like, Tupperware containers? No, so. you can't read them over the border. Oh, that stinks. But, but if my, like, my the COVID year, the first my first year pro was the year that COVID hit. Yes, yeah. And uh, my mom had just come over for like around Christmas time and made like lots of Tupperwares worth. Like, like yeah. I think I had like eight Tupperwares full of like meat sauce. Yeah. And they were just frozen in the freezer. And then what happened? Mid-February, mid-March? Well, it was March, early yeah, March. early March. They're like, the season's over. And I was like, I still have like six, six Tupperwares. <laughs> like food. I have six Tupperwares of just meat sauce <laughs> in my freezer right now. And she's like, just give them away, and you know? so I just handed them to like my teammates that stay like really closer or American. Yeah, nearby. Wanted. Like, hey, yeah. have some sauce. Here, take some sauce. You want to make pasta? Like, <laughs> take some sauce because I'm going home and I can't bring them over the border. So, yeah. So like, yeah, my mom comes once in a while. She, if she comes up, she would make me like a, a lot of like some meat sauce. So, um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty nice, and I don't have to worry about that. But with Steve, uh, with Chef, Chef Steve. Steve, you probably don't have to worry about anything. You know, sauce is made. 
go go to the rink, get your pregame meal, bring it home, have it in my you know to go box, and then once it's when I wake up, just warm it up, and it's as good as it tastes fresh. Good, good to go. Yeah. So you got you got Chef Steve on game days and at the rink practice days, and then if mom's um cooking you up some stuff whenever you're back home to you get it the best you get it whenever you go go on the road and at home yeah <laughs> you're set up man. i'm set up it's perfect <laughs> yeah definitely you're set up it's perfect and we are just about set here on this episode of the penguins podcast like i said we got to get to practice folks peter's got some work to do before <laughs> we continue uh throughout this week's slate of games however before I let you loose, Peter, before we hop on the bus and go to practice, I have one more thing that we have to do. One segment that we do at the end of every single episode of the Penguins podcast, and that is a little something called Pen's Picks. Pen's Picks. Peter, it is at this time in every episode where I ask my guest for a recommendation. Something that you can give our fans, our listeners, um, something that you think deserves a shout out, something that you think does isn't getting enough respect, something you think that people should just know about. Once again, the category is potpourri. It can be about anything in the world. What is your pen's pick? Caught me off guard there. Yeah, I know. Rouge didn't give me a heads up for this one. Hmm. What needs more res- more respect, more love, shout out, place you like? I'll go with the hotel aspect. Um, the comp- the hotels that give you uh, like the water in, the, in your room for free. The free water. The free waters that they give you in the room. Not the water that has the tag that's like $12 yeah, for exactly. like a regular bottle of water. I don't know where we do that. There's somewhere we go on the road and they always give you like um, waters in the room for free. Yeah. I, th- I think it's um, in Springfield. Because I remember I used to go down to get complimentary waters at the front desk. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, complimentary waters at the hotel, that goes a long way for me. Not not the gotcha waters. No, not, not the waters where you crack it open and then you realize, like, well, I just spent 20 bucks just by yeah. clicking open the lid. No, the actual complimentary waters yeah. when you go to a hotel, I cannot tell you how huge those waters are sometimes. Sometimes you get off a long bus ride and you're just parched, crack one of those open. Or you went out the night before and you had a couple soda pops and yeah. you get to roll over in bed and it's like, oh. A nice free water <laughs> yeah. just for me. That is huge, yeah. the free water. Yeah. I absolutely support that. <laughs> so I'm going to throw out two pens picks for you, Peter, okay? okay. Well, more so for the listeners. One, um, got to have my first live NBA experience, which we talked about earlier. Shout out to the NBA. You know what? I feel like sometimes hockey fans and basketball fans, they sometimes butt heads a little yeah. bit because they're competing for – eyeballs during the they, their season runs at the same time. Hockey fans sometimes get a little bit of a little brother complex because the NBA is bigger in the States, whereas hockey's bigger in, in Canada. Why do we got to fight? Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. I had a great time at that game, even though the visiting team blew out the home team, and I'm sure it would have been more fun had the the situation been flipped and you get a little bit more of that atmosphere. But I got to see a star in Victor Wembanyama. Got to the game night, the whole presentation, the show itself that the Raptors and MLSE put on was awesome. Shout out to the NBA. Um, don't give it a bad rap. No, give it a shot. Definitely. I mean, last year, just off topic, but last year yeah. we were playing in Cleveland. Um, a Did noon, you go to a Cavs game? A noon game at, in Cleveland. So we played like the Nickelodeon game at noon on a Sunday for all the kids to come watch. Yes, okay. So they have this Nickelodeon game in Cleveland. And we were playing on the road, and we played from 12, whatever, 12 to 2.30, let's say, 3 o'clock. Sure. And then the Cleveland Browns were playing the Ravens 
at 4.30 in Cleveland. Okay. So it was a snowy day. We rushed back to the hotel, changed our suits. Put our, I put my snow pants on, got all nice and warm, went to watch the Cleveland Browns play the Ravens. Um, the Cleveland Browns won. It was Deshaun's, one of Deshaun's first games back oh, in okay. Cleveland. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, we finished that 4.30, finished around like 7.30, three hours later. Um, went back to the hotel, got undressed, put our regular clothes on because the Cavs were playing the Mavs at 8 o'clock and Cleveland. You did a triple header? So then we... Including playing in one yeah. of the games? So <laughs> it was me and uh, two of the... Uh, Rafael Harvey-Pinard and Otto Leskinen and we were like, let's go. Let's We didn't have tickets, yeah. but like, let's walk around the... Re- like Maybe let's around the, the arena and maybe we'll, they'll have like a scalper. Yeah. And then uh, we're looking around. There's no scalpers and then some guy goes, uh, random guy goes, hey, like, I have... I'm a season ticket holder. I have, I'm one person. The three other people bailed. Do you three want to come in with me? No way. And I was like, I look at my guys like in French, like, do we trust this guy? Like, like what's gonna happen right now? But he goes, no. Like I'm, I'm he, I go. He goes like, I'm being completely honest with you guys. Like, do you guys want to come in? And we're like, yeah, definitely. He goes, he goes, just give me fifty bucks each. And he brought us in like eighteen rows from the court, like perfect view, like pretty much like eye level with a hoop. And we're like, wow, this is unreal. So we all gave him fifteen bucks, fifty dollars. Uh, I was like, these are the best fifty dollars seats I've ever had in my life. Yeah, and he was like super nice to us. He bought us around a beer, like super nice guy. Ended up like getting his number and like he goes, if you guys ever come back to Cleveland, like he doesn't like, like, like let yeah. me know anytime. And I was like, but that was like unreal. What a coincidence! But at the same yeah. time, like what an unreal day. Like I love watching football. I'm a huge football fan. But uh-huh. Also, I'm a, I'm a big NBA fan. Like I like watching the NBA. I don't follow as much as I, I don't do the fantasy NBA anymore. But yeah. um, I still love watching like young guys and everything and. Like uh, Donovan Mitchell and Doncic was playing, and like that was like really cool like, experience. So uh, shout out to them. Wait, so it was real. against Luca too. Yeah, it was Mavs against the Cavs. So th- yeah, so what a what a sequence for yeah. you playing a game, go to an NFL game, go to an NBA game. Yeah, that's unreal. And the NBA game, you just find a good Samaritan on the street that's looking to get rid of his tickets because yeah. his buddies bailed on him. So that was really that was really fun. It was really like what a coincidence and. Um, it was super fun. How about the story from that guy's perspective, though? He's standing outside the arena. He's, yeah. His friends all text him one after another. Can't make it, can't make it, can't make it. Now I have to eat these tickets. What's going on yeah. or whatever? All right, let me ask these three French guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Three guys that look like they're not supposed to be here or they're yeah. looking for something. And he ended up like, honestly coming to us because we we're like, we we're like, went to the ticket office before that. And I guess maybe he saw us walk out of the ticket office and he goes, do you guys want I have three yeah. tickets. Do you guys want to come in with me? And I was like, we're like, all right, sure. Like let's let's give it a yeah. let's give it a chance and yeah, super nice guy and um, you know shout out to him to be honest. All uh, right, you know like, another Penn's pick for good yeah. Samaritans. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that was a pretty cool day for us. And I'll give one more out there too. Shout out uh, Penn's pick for Elizabeth Hudson, our team <laughs> services coordinator slash figure skating coach at the Toyota Sportsplex. We had uh, we stole her room. This is her room that we're recording in right now because she has to make sure everyone gets on the bus, and we didn't want to disturb video coach Nick Biamonte, my roommate on the road. Um, she tried her darndest to get us, like, a conference room, but then whenever they tried to charge us for it, we were like, no, I don't no. think that's going to work. So she lent us her room, and uh, thanks, Liz, yep. for uh, not only this, but all of the uh, the, the crazy – rigmarole that you have to go through to book meals and hotel rooms and all the changes that happen. You want to talk about stuff that people don't realize behind the scenes, find a team services person in any sort of professional sport (laughs) and they have stories for you. That's for sure. For sure. That's for sure. And that 
is also the conclusion of our episode of the Penguins podcast. Peter, once again, I will thank you for taking the time to do this with us. Um, do you have any social media handles, social media platforms that you would like people to follow you on if you wish to be followed? Yeah, just just probably just Instagram. It's probably the thing I use the most. Uh, Peter Bonanato. Just my name. There you go. Nothing Simple enough. Yeah, so do a Google and a copy paste. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty much my only social media I use. And you know the always follow the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins on all of those social platforms, WBS Pens. Peter, good luck the rest of the season. Good luck the rest of this week. We're looking forward to seeing all the fans out at Pittston Tomatoes Night presented by Visit Luzerne County this Saturday. And we'll have more episodes of the Penguins podcast coming at you soon, too. Peter, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, people. And I will bid you adieu. Talk to you soon, folks. Mm-hmm.